Hello and welcome, our fellow galactic geeks. It's me, EJ, and here, as always, Alexis. Say hello to the people, Alexis. What's up, all you geeks around the world? All around the world. And we know that you're listening around the world because we we, we, we just know. We know it in our hearts. Um, we see you. It's the holiday season, and with the holiday season comes uh, Christmas joy. Christmas joy. Uh, at least for me. I don't know about you. Early, uh, early Christmas joy. Early Christmas joy. This uh, this will be our our last show before Christmas comes out. Well, cr- cr- comes out like like it's dropping like in stores near you, but <laughs> you know. Hey hey, did you see that trailer for Christmas? This year's right. gonna rock. It's gonna be it's gonna be uh, epic. I heard uh, I heard James Franco is starring, but uh, you know speaking of of starring. We got a, a bunch of uh, movie-related news, a bunch of trailers that have been dropping, uh, studios that have been merging, bad actors that want to be in films, uh, and our weekly comics, of course. It's been a, a Batman week again with some uh, sprinkles of Marvel, Star Wars, a little gaming news, but to just you know, kick it right off. It's always fun to hear the headline with Ryan Reynolds in anything, but when I saw this, I was like, what? This doesn't make any sense. Ryan Reynolds playing Pikachu in a live-action Pokemon movie. I believe a Detective Pikachu movie, possibly, but this just sounds silly. At first it does. At first it sounds extremely silly. I mean, you think, first of all, Detective Pikachu, uh, but of course we know him from the from the games. I guess it was um, Game Boy... Um, games that came out recently that you're basically a detective and then Pikachu or detective Pikachu helps you out and yeah uh, I think it's a 3ds game that came out in Japan I don't know if it came out here actually I, I stopped following about it because it just sounded silly but but then you start thinking about it and actually this could be a genius um, mix-up uh, I mean Ryan Reynolds first of all is hilarious and, um, you know, he's not actually going to be playing, like, motion picture or anything. He's just going to be providing the voice. So, um, this could actually be very, very good. Very good. This is this could be his I Am Groot. <laughs> I Am Pikachu. Uh, when we heard about this, when I heard about this, uh... I was just wondering, like, what's the rest of the cast going to be? What is the tone of this movie? What, what, what is WB going to do? Because, as we know, it's going to be a WB picture, and this is the first headline we get is Ryan, starring Ryan Reynolds. I wonder if the rest of the cast are just going to be kids, or is this going to be full-on silly, self-aware meta, or is it going to be playing it straight with a talking Ryan Reynolds Pikachu? But I, I don't know. I don't know what to expect. And, and that's the best part. Like, you don't, I mean, you know it's going to be funny. So, you know, it's going to, I mean, it has Ryan Reynolds. So, you know, it's going to have some comedy. Um, but then there's going to be a child, uh, you know, like, a, I guess a boy, I don't know, like a 12 year old boy um, playing the lead. So, I don't know. It could, it could go either way. It could have some drama to it. it you know, it could be like an adventurous. Uh, but uh, I guess, I guess we'll see more when, uh, as we get closer to, the release 
hopefully we get some sort of teaser concept art i want to see what a live action cg pikachu looks like with wb money since they're desperate for anything at this point uh if you've seen the box office for justice league which we've all have and it's really depressing um but speaking of movies that aren't doing horrible in box offices star wars star wars star, star wars, wars star, star wars. wars the famously horrible actor tommy wiso wisu tommy wisu you know the guy from the room the guy that james franco is playing now in a movie called the disaster artist if you're you know unaware with the actual source material but he like tweeted on twitter uh, that he wanted to be like in the Star Wars universe and everybody's like completely up for it and I'm like this is, this is ridiculous I don't think it's gonna happen I mean he, he I mean he might play it like a little little extra just one second in the background um, you know during some yeah, random most. cantina or street scene um, but as we all, us all, us Star Wars fans know, one second is all you need. One second can get you an action figure or a backstory. Yeah, like who, who's that guy that's piloting the Millennium Falcon with Lando, the alien, that doesn't? Oh, do... nine, nine numb. See, I would never have known that guy's name. But but I know he's just like random and there, but that just means that there are definitely people who like, they know him, they know his story. But like, if you're just the average movie viewer, you're just like, he's there for like a minute. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And he actually he's he's in one of the um, uh, novels with uh, Princess Leia. He actually plays like a um one of the novels called Moving Target uh, where Leia kind of goes on her own little adventure before the Battle of Endor uh, he actually plays like a big part in that um, book so yeah it's possible yeah it's not something uh, I'm not surprised when they just like build something from small and like extend it because like you said that, that's the EU those are the books like from before right that's not the new post uh yeah yeah it is it's the um kind of the journey to the force awakens um oh, publishing okay. initiative oh uh, right, yeah right. each each one of the main each one of the original trilogy characters had had their own um books uh these i guess little short stories short novels um that were like kind of leading up to the force awakens um but anyways, we, we kind of went off topic for a sec, but I know. Yeah, this, no, Tommy but... Wiseau, this Tommy Wiseau guy, he basically, he gets a Twitter account, um, like the week the Disaster Artist comes out, uh, of course, because he's going to get all his publicity and all this stuff, but uh, I love how he, he just he just approaches, he goes, he goes, oh, hi, uh, I would like to be, you know, this in Star Wars, and surprisingly, he got a, I don't know, he got a a big response uh, you know so so much so that he just kept going back and forth like yeah I should play this or I should play this and I just love how he's, he's just straight up like oh hi you know yeah put me in Star Wars like what it, it, it could be that easy 
You never know. Uh, yeah, he could, he could. I don't know. He could play some pivotal role in some future film. I mean, uh, Lord knows we don't have a shortage of films. I mean, we we got uh, uh, Solo, which I mean already wrapped up uh, filming, but I mean you got Episode Nine, you got this Obi Wan movie coming out. I mean, you got this new trilogy that Ryan uh, Johnson's gonna write. So who knows? He could he could make it. But hey, if it's that easy, I should start. Blowing up uh, the Star Wars uh, Twitter account to get me in a Star Wars film. Put me into a movie. I deserve it. Um, but Put me in, coach. Speaking of uh, talking talking about studios that make uh, risky decisions, Disney seems to be in the middle of a merger with 21st Century Fox in a deal that could potentially mean that the X-Men and the Fantastic Four could be once again part of the MCU, God willing. And Yeah, uh, that's, that's definitely what us fans are, are looking forward to with this. Um, us geeks, anyway. Uh, I mean, who wouldn't want to see, you know, Hugh Jackman in, like, the next Avengers movie or Deadpool teaming up with uh, the Hulk, you know? So this could be this could be big. I mean, Disney's just taking over everything. I mean, they, they got Marvel, they have Star Wars now. I mean, I mean, there's gonna be nothing left. And they're gonna monopolize entertainment, pretty much. Yeah, I mean, you have the Disney uh, streaming service that's coming out in 2019. Um, you got all these plethora of movies that just. You know, they just keep adding to their uh, library. So, I mean, it's 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 a big thing. I mean, 20th century, 20th century Fox has been around since God knows when. And um, this, this could be huge. This could be the biggest movie news over the last, you know, few years. I, I, read, a, I read a headline that stated... This could be the end of the big Studio Six era, which apparently for the past few decades, I don't know how many, it's been six major studios. You know, and 21st Century Fox being one of them. But the Disney deal states that they're only buying movie studios, so they Fox keeps their TV, sports, and news. So I don't think that means they they don't get The Simpsons, but they're getting shit like. Predator, uh, Aliens, uh, just uh, everything, everything that you know that's Fox. But you know, for the most part, we care right now is Fantastic Four and X Men. Which, if the Infinity War thing plays out the way I think it does, they're gonna rewrite reality and boom, we're gonna have the Fantastic Four or mutants that have been here this whole time somehow. Just roll with it. Yeah, definitely Phase 4 of the MCU is going to have um, a lot of these characters. Um, I mean, I joked about it earlier, but we could definitely see uh, Wolverine in, you know, Avengers 4 or, you know, even after that. Um, and, you know, Deadpool and everything. But, you know, as of right now, it looks, I mean, we still have uh, all these movies that have to be, you know, uh, made. I mean, uh Deadpool 2, you know, we probably might get a, maybe one more 
uh, X-Men movie out of the Fox Studios, and then, um, you know, then we got Dark Phoenix coming out next year, so it, it's a lot of potential with this which, uh, deal. Which, getting into that... Boom. Coming up next is the uh, of the, the X-Men Dark Phoenix that the Entertainment Weekly spread that just uh, came out last week where we get to see uh, Sophie Turner all Dark Phoenix stuffed on the cover where they try to really tell us that this will be it. This is the, the X-Men movie we've been waiting for. I'm not convinced. I don't know about you. The, the cover was... It was meh. Um, yeah, I mean, I, 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 mean, I thought it was a decent cover. It, it just seemed to me like very, uh, uh, I mean, we were talking about it off air, but you know, deviant art ish. Um, I mean, she, she definitely has the right look for the character. I don't know. There's just, I don't know. I'm not, I'm not really too hyped. This cover did, didn't really hype me for the movie. I have not been hyped for an X-Men movie in years. Except, <laughs> you know, I still haven't seen Logan, and uh, I know that's a good one, but I just haven't had the time, damn it. I just haven't had the time. Uh, yeah, you, you definitely just lost some geek points. How have you not seen Logan? I that just movie is haven't awesome. had the time. You know, I just saw I saw, I just saw Kingsman, and uh, the, the sequel, that was pretty good. That's my response to your statement, just to... to to derail it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna derail it. I'm gonna put it back on the rails and say that I am, I have no hopes for this X-Men movie. It will only accelerate my desire for the merger to finish, so we could stop getting these X-Men movies trying to be mutated Batman films of depression. But yeah, I, uh, yeah. I mean, it's it's kind of sad because actually. For a long while, growing up, X Men was my favorite. I mean, comic book, anything. Um, I mean, the series in the '90s. I grew up with that, and the comics, and you know. But man, they, they've just been sucking. The, the, the Deadpool's their only good X Men movie. Like how yeah. Wonder Woman and, is the only and, good DC movie. Yeah. How did they do that? <laughs> we must be in some like alternate like dimension where characters that you wouldn't think do well are doing very well in yeah. uh, media. Oh my god, go go to that dimension where Justice League is like the number one movie in the world. And yeah. everyone's like, the Avengers sucks balls. I don't know if I want to live in that world. Yeah, I mean... Uh... But anyways, uh, yeah, Dark Phoenix. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm not, I'm not too savvy on the Dark Phoenix uh, saga. Um, I know it was a storyline that came out in the '80s, um, where, you know, basically as we kind of saw in X Men: Last Stand, which, by the way, is the third X Men movie in the, you know, X Men series, um, and uh, she basically turns evil. Which is a good premise. I mean, she's one of the most powerful characters in in Marvel, and her turning evil—that's pretty uh, pretty badass, actually. 
we'll, we'll see what how they interpret it in the new film. They they say we're going to space. They I think they said the she are going to be in it. I, I I don't take anything they say at face value anywhere when it comes to these X Men films, uh, because Apox, Apocalypse was just just horrible. But you know what? I don't want to talk about horrible things anymore. I want to talk about things that I have hope for in the future. And the next thing is the James Cameron produced film based on a Japanese anime directed by Robert Rodriguez. That's right. The Once Upon a Time, Once Upon a Time in Mexico, Robert Rodriguez. Uh, Battle Angel Elita. Yeah, you see that that actually looks good. Um, I mean, it's almost like it feels like a like a Pinocchio, kind of like a modern Pinocchio. But Pinocchio that kicks ass. And like kick ass and fight other Pinocchios. The first rule of Pinocchio it, Fight Club is you don't talk club. about Pinocchio Fight Club. All right. <laughs> I mean, it was it's the it's the closest thing I can I can um, relate to this trailer. Um, you know, I mean, the the graphic she, she looks pretty good. Um, the big anime the, eyes the, creep me out. Yeah, you know, she's definitely got that. Uh, I mean, all all the um, anime. Uh, Fanboys should pro- should like the design of this. I mean, she's uh, you know, pretty, you know, pretty looking character with big eyes, big googly eyes, and just the badass armor and weaponry just hiding beneath that beautiful exterior. Would we we see the um, I forget the guy's name, but the uh, the guy who played the German. The Nazi and Inglorious Bastards. Christ, what's what's his name? The the German guy in in, in the Django Unchained. I love yeah, that guy. Yeah, I love yeah. that guy. I forget his name. Everyone can kill me later about it. But he's he's in this and he's playing basically like if you're correct in your comparison because like I see him and you're it's like Geppetto, you know. Yeah, I mean he's a hell of an actor. Um. I mean, we he's, just he's don't know his name. Jago uh, Unchained, he was awesome, and he was awesome in Inglorious Bastards, and um, but yeah, I mean, the, this mix-up is interesting though, because I mean, James Cameron, I mean, he's world world-class director, Avatar, you know, but I think he did Titanic too. So. Um, oh yeah, James Cameron. Yes, James Cameron did Titanic. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean, you know, the directing is gonna be good. Um, I mean, Robert Rodriguez, a big, uh, I'm a fan of his stuff. Uh, but yeah, it should be good. It should be good. The the trailer is is um, interesting at the least. Yeah, for sure. So um, yeah, it's uh, definitely cool. Seems very kind of ghost in the shelly. Um, well, also, everything does. Everything yeah. does once we get sci-fi robots. Every, because everything copies from that. Everything everybody's taking from that. Even the Matrix. Did you know that the Matrix, the people who created the Matrix, the Watoski brothers, they just went to a WB producer and they're like, they showed them the animated Ghost in the Shell movie and said, this is what we want to do. Mm-hmm. And that was it. They just showed them that movie and that's what they said the Matrix was. And they just they just showed them a different fucking movie. <laughs> and that's your what the fuck rant moment of the day. 
and before and you know what follows after that is the comics of the week which running down the list is a a, a double batman whammy and starting off with batman white knight number three ran by sean murphy which uh i read through it's pretty much continuing the story of a uh, lucid joker with a intelligent mind to turn it around the system against Batman uh, saying that he benefits the rich with uh, fighting villains in poor neighborhoods like Backport a uh, low income area urban area of Gotham City and the Joker has taken over all the villains in Gotham by using the Mad Hatter's technology all over Clayface's body and then making all the villains unknowingly eat a piece of Clayface. That way he controls Clayface and vice versa, Clayface controls the villains. Hmm. Yes. That's interesting. Yes, I'm more impressed that I explained that fluidly. Because uh, it's a bit of a huh when you start to think about it. And the, the, the story also follows the other Harley which if you read in issue number one, we discover that there are two Harleys. One is the original animated Harley, and the other one is some other chick that that just came in and started to pretend that she was the original Harley because the other one has had enough of the, the mayhem. So that one's obviously the slutty Harley that we're all, you know, I, that's what I'm going to call her because it's what it is, all right? There's there's the old school Harley and then there's the one that dresses with the really high end mini skirt, okay? Hmm. And she finds the she finds she finds the Mad Hatter and unravels the plot pretty much of what the Joker's up to, but we we, we won't see the outcome of it till the next uh, I think the next two issues, but it's really it's really interesting. Uh oh, and Alfred passed and that was just really depressing. Of course, but uh, the art is—it's um, like if the show grew up with you. So that's really what's the most interesting thing about when when I look at aesthetically. But the following Batman, I'm gonna hit knock it down with another Batman, with uh, Batman number thirty-six. Um, it's a dual story with Superman, and they're both having separate adventures where they're both talking to their loved ones having basically the same conversation about why they haven't called the other about their engagement because everyone knows now that Batman has you know proposed to Catwoman and uh, it, it seems like it, it's it's a silly issue but it's like, you know, why don't you call him so you can congratulate you? And like, oh, why don't you call him so you can congratulate him? And they and then they both end up having a separate adventure. And it meets up with them at the end. And uh, it leads into a tease for a uh, double date with Lois Lane, Superman, Batman, and Catwoman. I'm like, this sounds ridiculous, but I'm on board. Because uh, I've never seen, I don't think we've ever seen Lois Lane and Catwoman interact. That she, that she's really going through with this marriage. This is really weird for me for a DC comic. Uh, 
but uh, they're committing to it. So, but the artwork is what was really shining in this. Uh, next on the uh, agenda, we got Captain America number six ninety five. The this is a, a a book where the art tells most of the story. It's pretty much just Captain America in a, a small town where he's just trying to like get reacquainted with the American life people surround himself and he get him he accidentally uh, causes a villain to expose himself and they have like this epic fight in a dam it, it, it was really just a, a personal story for Captain America and it's it's the art that I can't stretch that it was pulling me in because they made it look like with the colors like if it was printed on newspaper so it gave it the false it gave the illusion that it was printed on uh, on old on old paper and it uh, it really made it look like ah oh man this is like classic as classicy looking Captain America as it can get but uh, it was a simple story and I I, uh, I enjoyed it but uh, following that is the Star Wars moment of the show where Alexis will tell us the well, I, I read as well. Uh, Darth Vader, number nine. You, you took a crack at this. I took a crack at this. It was pretty dramatic. What what did you think of it? Uh, yeah, Vader, number nine. Um, it's basically following, um, obviously following the story of, of what's going on with uh, the Jedi Temple archives. Um, you start off with uh, Jakasa Nu just, you know, um, just starts fighting uh, the Grand Inquisitor, uh, you know, and then during their little exchange, he reveals to her that he was, you know, the former Gem Jedi Temple guard, um, you know, and then which makes her even angrier, angrier because, you know, meaning that he's a traitor and he shouldn't even be touching these books that he's looking through and all the, you know, and all that. And so then they go through their duel, um, and Jakasanu actually holds her own, um, you know, uh, against the Grand Inquisitor, which we see in the Rebels, and, you know, so we know that he's good with the lightsaber when he takes on Kanan and all that in the show. Uh, but Jakasta, surprisingly, is holding, holding her own, um, and she basically, uh, you know, is, it's basically she's just trying to protect her books, you know. Just, just this old lady who just doesn't want anybody to, to touch the books, and you know she wants people to appreciate it, uh, like she does, which this guy actually does. Grand Inquisitor, the reason why he um, has fallen to the dark side is because Palpatine has promised him um, the the access to the uh, to the archives actually very similar to how Anakin Skywalker in prequels wanted access to the archives as well um, you know and then she basically Jacasa tells the Grand Inquisitor she basically tells him you know this information is 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 dangerous uh, and it's strange information you won't really know what to do with it so then they have their little exchange and then Right as the Grand Inquisitor is going to deliver his final blow um, to Jakasanu, 
which, by the way, she uh, right the moment before he's he's gonna strike her down, she does the uh, I am one with the force, the force is with me. Um, you know, shout out to Rogue One's uh, dialogue in that one. Oh well, um, yeah. But yeah, and uh, what do you know? Darth Vader actually ends up saving Jocasta Nu uh, by blocking the Grand Inquisitor's um, final blow, and he's confused. He's like, "Hey, what are you doing? You know, we're you, you want this Jedi alive? We're, we're supposed to eliminate, annihilate the Jedi." And then uh, Vader says, "Only if I only only if I will it, like only if I allow it, you'll you'll kill her." Uh, so in that little, you know, couple of moments, um, Jacosta ends up throwing all of the books that she could um, at both of them, at Vader and the uh, Inquisitor, which gives her just enough time to get out of there. Uh, so she ends up, you know, escaping deeper into the archives, and uh, Vader, of course, um, lies to her and says, you know. Uh, if you surrender, I will not harm you, and all this. Uh, and then, which then she ends up running over to the, um, I guess, access panel for the Jedi archives, like the master panel, if you yeah. will. And it looks like she uh, wipes everything clean, uh, purges the archive, it seems. Yeah, oh, and a good choice of words, um, because as the Jedi were purged from the galaxy uh, so is their knowledge being purged by one of their own of course because she you know Jocasta doesn't want the Sith to to gain that knowledge so she ends up su successfully deleting all of the um, information archives uh, and then uh, she travels deeper into the archives and um, Vader's actually uh, recognized by the uh, by the droid, the guardian droid, if you will, of the uh, of the archives, and uh, mm -hmm. he does like a bio scan on him, and he says, "Oh, Master Anakin Skywalker," you know, and he recognizes um, Vader as as Anakin Skywalker. So, uh, basically, the Vader's like, "Okay, you're in my way. I'm gonna strike you down." So he throws his lightsaber at this droid. And this droid ends up catching it in midair, uh, stating, "Oh, you know, I was, I was trained by the Jedi to, you know, f uh, fight all intruders, even Jedi themselves." And so then he looks at the blade, and he actually makes a funny remark. He says, "Oh, you're a Sith." Yeah. Like, it was kind of it's kind of interesting how the droid recognized that. Um, and then Vader's like, "Okay, if a va if a blade's not gonna work," and he starts trying to. He swings at him. The the droid catches his arm, and he just actually kind of crushes it. It, uh, it looked looked like he crushed his hand. And then Vader, with his other hand, just you know, just freaking punches him right through the through the head and uh, destroys him. And then all this time, Jacosta finds um, this uh, box that she was looking for, uh, and it. She put she places her lightsaber in this box, and the next thing you know, the next panel you see is a big blue beam just coming straight for Vader, and uh, just in the nick of time, Vader 
deflects the blast and it just creates this huge hole in this wall. Uh, and then uh, one of the final panels you see uh, Jakasa New holding this crazy experimental type uh, two-handed gun, uh, bazooka type gun. And it looks like uh, you activate this weapon by placing your lightsaber in it and then I guess he uses the the kyber crystal in in it to produce this crazy blast of energy just um, like bam yeah it's a really cool weapon um, and then of course Vader catches up to Jocasta and uh, and then that's where it ends up um, and we see uh, the cover for the next one and it looks pretty boss yeah, Jacosta holding uh, a Jedi holocron, um, kind of like holding it like a baby, and um, with her blade activated. So you know you're gonna see more of uh, Vader versus Jacosta, new um, in Vader number ten. Uh, but yeah, this was a good one. This was uh, just kind of delving more into um, you know the prequel type stuff. You know the droid recognizing Vader as Master Anakin Skywalker, and uh, you know the Grand Inquisitor talking about you know how he was denied access to the to the records, and you know just that further integration of prequel stuff to the original trilogy um, stuff. And um, yeah, I can't wait. I, I, I it's not looking good for Jocasta. I mean, she's She's uh, already evaded the Grand Inquisitor. She's trying to evade Vader, but uh, it looks like she might uh, have a final standoff. Uh, oh, she's gonna die with Vader. Ah, please, please don't, don't, don't tell me. Oh, okay, I won't tell you. I won't tell you the truth. <laughs> no, the Jedi must not be purged from the galaxy. And those were our comics of the week. Be sure to tune in every week when we come in and tell you about what we enjoyed uh, for the daily Wednesday drop-offs of my weekly escapism to a world of art and fantasy. But before we go, there was uh, one little thing I wanted to mention. That PlayStation's going to start allowing people to change their screen names Hallelujah, because some of us would like to change our names, because we made it in like 2000, what, four? No. Wow, you've, you've had your PSN that long? No, when did the PS3 came out? Yeah, it was about then, 04, probably 05-ish, yeah. Oh, maybe it was 06. Regardless, yeah, like I had that launch, so I've had that long. Yeah, you know what? It was 06. Jeez, man. Like, you grow up. You, you start liking, not liking things. You, you imagine some kid out there who's like an XX Vegeta 53 and he can't do shit about it. And he's like 30 with like four kids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, it's good. It's good in that re regard. Um, but then, uh, I don't know. I think uh, I think you just kind of should stick to it, because then if not, everyone's gonna change their names, and then you're gonna have, you know, ten, you know, Super Saiyan Vegeta XX, you know, four. That's true. The madness will begin. It'll just be different. 
it'll be it'll be a different madness that follows. You're correct. Yeah. And per, I mean, personally, I, personally, I won't change mine. Um, I mean, I've been Lex two eighty seven for forever, and uh, I will continue to be Lex two eighty seven forever. So, um, this news doesn't really uh, affect me too much. But uh, yeah, it's nice. I mean, if I ever want to change it, I can now. Um, but uh, yeah. Hopefully, uh, the play, uh, PSN or PlayStation can concentrate on making uh, a more user-friendly type of uh, system. Well, we'll see. That's a conversation for another time. Exactly. That's that's exactly what I was going to throw it out there like that. So that means it's that special time of day, boys and girls, where we tell you good night. Thanks for joining us for another lovely episode. Be sure to write to us at galacticgeekspodcast at gmail.com. Be sure to leave a review here on iTunes because those actually help out a lot. We got our YouTube where we'll start streaming our daily gaming or our weekly gaming where Alexis probably be throwing down Battlefront 2. I'll probably be playing some Friday the 13th. Maybe even some ninja storm 4 we also got our instagram at galactic.geeks that's period not a dot we also got our twitter account which is usually being blowing up our random uh incurrences when we're reading comics or just happen to see something crazy like that jessica jones trailer that dropped that was pretty nuts can't wait for that uh our twitter is at galactic gcast and uh, as always, hail Hydra. And may the force be with you. All right. All right, short and sweet.